District Sentinel Radio here, the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I'm Sam Knight. Joined here by intern Nate. Hello. Hello. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com, broadcasting out of the hero of the working class and best-looking member of DSA, Brandon Hinky Studios. Full newscast coming up here in just a moment. First, uh, some news to get to. Ben Shapiro wasn't able to win the worst tweet tournament, was, however, a favorite tweeter among terrorists. That's right. We don't usually report on Canadian law enforcement news, but it turns out that the uh, shooter at the Quebec mosque from last year, Alexandre Bizonnet, he loved Ben Shapiro. They released records about who was his uh, favorite person on Twitter. At the top of the list were a bunch of fucking disgusting, overtly alt-right people, overtly fascist people. You'd expect to see people like Cernovich, Gavin McGinnis, Richard Spencer, etc. But right at the tippy top, Mr. College Republican captain of the debate team himself Ben Pipsqueak motherfucking Shapiro facts don't care about your feelings motherfucker well speaking of shitty people on Twitter the worst tweet tournament the finals continue we're in day two of voting voting ends Friday night polls have narrowed a little bit David Frum still holding on to about a 19 point lead or something like that what's the latest 18-point lead, 59-41. An 18-point lead right now for David Frum. Follow at Worst Damn Tweet to get involved in voting. We're a few days away right now from the weed holiday. In a monumentous occasion, we're talking about the District Sentinel 420 live show. We still actually have a few tickets left, not many. A handful of tickets are left you still want to spend the weed holiday with the two Sams and intern Nate, it's this Friday. It's in Washington, D.C. Tickets are $42, but they're all inclusive. Drinks, food, 420 holiday favors. Get your tickets right now. Squareup.com slash store slash District Sentinel. There will not be ticket sales at the door. You got to get them ahead of time. We got a few left. Squareup.com slash store slash District Sentinel. Get them while you can. Shout out to all the new subscribers on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash District Sentinel. Five bucks a month gets you access to bonus content. Also get you your own haiku read on the air, which I had someone on Twitter say it's haiku day. Yeah, I saw that too. I did not get a news notification push though. I did not, nor did I fact check this, but maybe it's haiku day, which makes... What we're about to do right now, very appropriate. It's the haiku portion of our show. This is for Philip. If Stormy Daniels wins her lawsuit, then she gets to be president. <laughs> Thank you, Philip. This one is for Buck. My name is Buck, and I actually don't fuck sex retirement. Thank you, Buck. <laughs> and thanks to all the new subscribers. It's Tuesday, April 17th, 2018. Here's the news. 
Today, the Supreme Court voted 5-4 to four to throw out rules making it easier for immigrants to be deported. Justices ruled that part of immigration law was too vague, specifically language allowing deportation when someone has been convicted of a crime of violence. Here's Elena Kagan writing for the majority, quote, Does car burglary qualify as violent felony? Some courts say yes, another says no. What of statutory rape? Once again, the circuits part ways. How about evading arrest? The decisions point in different directions. Residential trespass, the same is true, end of quote. In making their decision, the majority relied on a previous 2015 ruling, Johnson v. United States. The outcome of that case invalidated a similar part of the Armed Career Criminal Act. That ruling was also written by Antonin Scalia, so it might not surprise you that Neil Gorsuch joined the liberals today to cast the deciding vote. Hopefully some racist shithead donor is feeling kind of burned right now. I actually was reading part of the reason or one of the uh, reasons people think Gorsuch may have sided with the liberals here is that this is part of a project to break apart the regulatory state. He's willing to take the L on this immigration case if they can strike down more decisions that um, could involve vaguely worded laws in the future. So it could be Maybe. So, sort of like what um what what's his name what Roberts excuse me what Justice Roberts did in the Obamacare case where he vote sided with the liberals but worded his uh his argument in such a way that it could have helped more right wing decisions somewhere down the line perhaps but Chief Justice John Roberts does have the ability to assign opinions and he assigned it to Kagan and not Roberts uh, and not uh. And not Gorsuch. Good point. We now have yet another example of law enforcement and immigration officials apparently targeting one of their critics for deportation. The latest case comes out of Memphis, Tennessee, where local journalist Manuel Duran Ortega was arrested while covering a protest earlier this month. The initial charges of disorderly conduct and blocking a highway against Ortega were dropped, but he was picked up by ICE soon after he was released from jail and is currently being held at a detention center. His lawyers say this was the plan all along, and they contend that Ortega has been singled out by the authorities because of articles he wrote critical of U.S. immigration policy. They also dispute the ostensible reason for his detention, that he supposedly skipped the deportation hearing back in 2007. According to them, he never received notification for such a hearing. This, of course, is exactly the type of crypto-fascist behavior people are thinking about when they say we need to abolish ICE. That's the targeting of people who are critical of U.S. immigration policy, people just practicing their basic First Amendment rights. And it's also the reason why I got very salty about liberals wringing their hands about Jeff Bezos a few weeks ago, because there actually are people facing threats to their free speech, and they're definitely not Jeff Bezos. They're undocumented immigrants. Facebook is about to get sued in a big fucking way. A federal judge in Illinois certified a class action lawsuit comprising of up to 6 million people against the social media giant. The lawsuit could leave Facebook exposed to as much as $30 billion in damages. The action stems from Facebook's launch of biometric tools in 2011 that allowed users to suggest photo tags like, hey, that's Jim in that photo, without ever having to get Jim's consent. The problem is, under Illinois statute, companies have to get people's consent before they collect biometric data like facial imaging. 
Facebook tried to argue that one, individuals weren't actually harmed, so they have no standing in the case. And two, Facebook servers aren't in the state of Illinois, so the court doesn't have jurisdiction. But U.S. District Judge James Donato basically said those arguments were bullshit and said that most of the lawsuit's elements are, quote, deeply rooted in Illinois. Judge Donato also rejected Facebook's argument that the potential damages could be unreasonable, up to $30 billion. Last year, Facebook was valued at over $400 billion. During his confirmation hearing late last year, Fed Chair Jay Powell was asked about bailouts and whether too-big-to-fail banks still exist. After hemming and hawing for a bit, Powell told Senator Kennedy, quote, I would say no to that. Well, today the same question was asked of Randall Quarles, the Fed's vice chair of supervision. Here he was being pressed by Congressman Brad Sherman, Democrat from California, and we'll let it run for a while because the squirming is kind of telling. Are there any financial institutions in this country that are too big to fail? Uh... I, I think that we've made uh, really tremendous progress since the financial That was crisis. the exact answer your chairman gave until Senator Kennedy pushed him further and asked uh, and pressed, is any single bank right now too big to fail? Do you agree with your chairman when he said no? Uh, well, I don't want to be in the position of disagreeing with my chairman. You're supposed to. That's why we pay the uh, salaries for uh, more than one person at the Fed. If, we, uh, if they're all going to agree, then any one of them would be superfluous. But I, uh, uh, you know, I do think that all of the large banks are, you know, are much more resolvable uh, than they have been before. Resolvable. I, are they too big to fail? Could, the, could, a, could a disaster at one bank bring down our whole economy the way we saw in 2008? Uh, currently, I think that the system is much more resilient. I didn't ask you that. Failing. Not going to let you slip away. Senator Kennedy was good enough to get your chairman to be specific in an answer. Is there any bank whose failure could bring down our entire economy? Yes or no? We think that we've made sufficient progress. I, that is not an answer. I know you've made progress. Is there any bank the failure of which could bring down our entire economy? At the moment, I don't see how that could happen. Uh, just going out on a limb. Yeah, there's banks out there that can bring down our economy, or else you just would have said no. Yeah, it, it it took him a real long time to get where he did, and yet still, the most firm answer Quarles could give about the possibility of a bailout, quote, at the moment, I don't see how that could happen. Not exactly Anthony Weiner rock hard in terms of confidence there. Woo! Finally today, diplomacy is moving rapidly on the Korean Peninsula. We awoke Tuesday morning to discussions between North Korean and South Korean officials about possibly ending the motherfucking Korean War. That's right, the war that has never ended, but has been an unsteady truce since 1953, might finally fucking end. Lawmakers from both countries are preparing a statement to begin the process of ending it. This comes just a week before a high-profile summit between the leaders of Seoul and Pyongyang, Moon Jae-in and Kim Jong-un. It comes about a month before Trump is planning to sit down with Kim Jong-un. Trump talked to reporters today and gave his support of the effort. North Korea is coming along. South Korea is meeting and has plans to meet with North Korea to see if they can end the war, and they have my blessing on that. 
Thank you for your blessing, Donald. Yeah, South Korean officials are also suggesting that North Korea is prepared to engage in denuclearization. I don't know. I mean, clearly most of the heavy lifting here is being done by the Korean delegations. But Trump might stumble into one of the biggest foreign policy accomplishments in decades here. I wonder if this does happen, to what extent it will be because both sides... Uh, feel they need to come together in the face of a completely incompetent and erratic head of state in the United States and Donald Trump. Looks like his foreign policy has been vindicated. (laughs) (laughs) We are all accelerationists now. All right, that is the newscast. Looks like there's one call on the old listener rant line. Let's check it out. Hello, Sam. Samuel. Nathan. Internate, what up? Solidarity with Internate, folks. Uh, it's uh, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell calling again. Uh, listen, I just wanted to call and say I've been following the uh, worst damn tweet. It's been real entertaining. Uh, none of my tweets are in there, so it's been entertaining for me. Out here on the old big natural farm, I've been monitoring uh, the activity from a dirt box, and uh, it's pretty damn funny, i got to say. Uh, frankly, all I called in to say was uh, uh, my wife and my anniversary is coming up uh, 10 years in. We bone like we're cheating on each other with each other a decade plus in her clit brown tan area. Uh, still pones my dick. Big daddy turtle out. I see uh, the majority leader had uh, his own favorite tweet among the worst tweet tournament there. If you ever wanted to hear the Kevin Smith tweet read by Mitch McConnell. That's what you get listening to our podcast right there. That's the kind of stuff. It's not even the premium shit. (laughs) We just give this away for free. Call the rant line. Let us know what you thought of it. 202-684-6108. Sponsors of the show include the Congressional Dish podcast hosted by Jen Briney. Find it at congressionaldish.com and other sponsor levelnews.org. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Tune in by searching for District Sentinel Radio. Give us a review. Give us a rating. Tell your friends to listen. The newscast returns tomorrow. We're in D.C. So you don't have to be.